Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanard. Welcome to the brand new year. Welcome to putting the podcast out, even if it's late. Welcome. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what what can we talk about <laughs> this, this year in terms of uh, media might end up being the most wretched year ever? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of gems that pop out last year, even with all the craziness of the writer strike and the actor strike and all the drama with the studios, uh, the pre-planned stuff that was already scheduled to come out did pretty well in some regards. Uh, there was some surprise hits that came out of last year. This year's looking pretty rough, particularly for a company like Marvel. The only thing they have on their slate is going to be Deadpool three and the more I accidentally see about the movie, the less convinced I am that it's going to be any good. And I really hate to say that or feel that way. I, when it comes to the two Deadpool movies, I mean, let's be honest, or I'll be honest, those movies ride really, really high on uh, the Ryan Reynolds factor. He the the fact that the movies focus mostly around him is the best decision that you can make the second one was not as strong as the first one when they brought in cable and domino and and um it served its purpose but it almost feels like if you bring in too many co um actors uh too many co-leads uh you're you're actually cutting down on the magic that is deadpool and deadpool is you know you're, you're looking at ryan reynolds improvise and perform for two hours and you know coming up with crazy ideas and and saying crazy things and that's the beauty of it the story is going to be secondary to that the fact that they were able to even craft a, a halfway decent story with the first one that made you care about his relationship that was magical second one eh, you know i mean again not as uh it was a, a different crew for the second one so it had a different feel but again that that in particular actually that ryan reynolds and uh man i can't remember what the dude's name is that was his second in command when it came to choosing the team i think he works at the bar he's a he's a comedian you know that was great all that to say that for this third one the only thing that comes to mind that i can't i can't stop thinking about is that the third one has gone corporate. The third one is captured by Disney. Um, it includes Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. 
they are connecting themselves to the multiverse uh, of Marvel, which has been a complete disaster in Phase 4 and 5, and now going into Phase 6. I've not watched the new What If, but that is part of the multiverse of Marvel. Uh, the the Spider-Man No Way Home with the three Spider-Men, that was part of that, which that was a great movie, but, you know, like, everything's very convoluted. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, King is King, and whatever that means. So it's just that there's a... It's been a mess. Phase 4 and Phase 5 have been a mess where they don't know where they're going or what they want to do, even though they say they have a roadmap. At the end, it looks like Kevin Feige is throwing everything into a soup, including the kitchen sink. And, uh, you know, you're going to capture some some dollars on that. But I think the worst thing that has happened to that is that the audience has just grown apathetic and the fan base has left the building. And so I don't know. I They've got. They've got Deadpool, but I couldn't at this point tell you how Deadpool is going to do, whether anybody cares or is interested. That, you know, the whole charm of Deadpool was that it was a cheaply made movie that was not supposed to matter in the grand scheme of things. It was a singular story of a maybe schizophrenic madman, you know, who has uh, an unlimited healing factor and incredible set of skills. And now you're putting him into this cosmic event. I don't think that's a good idea. So that's the only thing that Marvel's got coming up. Marvel and Sony together have Madam Web coming up, and that looks terrible. And I'm just saying it looks terrible from the trailers. I don't know if the movie is actually good or not. But if we're going to judge a book by its cover, which that's what a trailer does, it it shows you the book cover and is trying to entice you to buy the whole book so you can read it. Uh, yeah, that trailer looks terrible. Uh, they continue down the path of, you know, uh, we're going to make this 90% women about women, but this is a, a male dominated audience that we are, um, marketing to and somewhere somehow the the connection is being missed of what it is that you're making and for who um it's become super clear <clears throat> at least for me as i grew older and started to realize that there are distinctions between the sexes in almost everything from what we like to what we gravitate to, uh, towards to what kind of jobs we want to get to what things we're interested in. I mean, there was a, a pretty funny uh, meme going on last year about how often do men think about the Roman Empire. And I could tell you that I don't think about the Roman Empire hardly ever at all. But what I do think about is history all the time. And that kind of what that's what that meme was highlighting is why do men always think about the past and why do they think about times that they can't ever really truly know everything about, you know, ancient times and 
why you know why are men focused on how things were done and why things were done of the past and women don't think in those terms for the most part you know women will uh, it, that that hilarious you know little miniature video meme that was floating out there highlighted just how different we are and so you know you look at um you look at something like Barbie from last year, heavily, heavily uh, dominated by by women in in terms of who went out to go see that movie. Does that mean that no men went to see it? No, of course, men went to see it. I saw it. You know, I wanted to understand what the phenomenon was and and be able to review it. And uh, I came to the conclusion that. Yeah, that movie was not made for me. It has none of my sensibilities, none of my tastes. Like, you know, the comedy didn't didn't hit for me, except I think there was one part in the entire thing that I thought was funny. The rest of it was just, you know, it's it's like uh like musicals. I don't like musicals. I can tell you off the top of my head two musicals that have stuck out to me. And the entire time that musicals have been in existence, and believe me, I've seen my fair share of musicals because I have daughters and I have a wife, the two that stick out to me that I enjoyed, Mary Poppins, the original one, and La La Land. And that's it. And musicals are not my thing. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't want to go see a musical, for example, in New York. I think that's a... That's like an event. It's a bucket list thing that would be fun to, to, you know, mark off my bucket list. And in particular, that'd be great if I could choose specifically which musical I want to go watch. Cause they had like a Godzilla musical, for example, a couple of years ago, they had a Spider-Man musical a couple of years ago. So there's definitely musicals that I'd probably be able to get into, but in general, that type of medium is not my deal, you know, and that's not most men's deal not not all men but most just like barbie was mostly attended by women it wasn't just all women and so looking at madam webb where almost every single person i mean every single good guy quote unquote is a woman the main bad guy is a guy and then there is a token guy who is uh uncle ben you know from uh, uh peter parker uh peter parker's uncle ben not to be mistaken with the fella on the on the rice um uh you know the the uh, yeah the the rice cover for <laughs> uncle ben um anyway attempted humor fail but yeah it just doesn't uh it doesn't make any sense um that if that movie is catering towards women they've done studies on it where statistically women are not all that interested in going to see you know superpower uh punching stories now that doesn't mean that there's not plenty of women out there that do love those kinds of things. Uh, but it'd be fascinating to talk to them to see what exactly it is that they're looking for in those movies, because that's something that 
I, I don't know that a lot of uh, time has been spent in interviewing women to see what in particular are they looking for when they go to a superhero movie? You know, what what's the angle that they enjoy? What do they look at, you know, look at for those movies? That would be uh, interesting because I'd say for the male mind, it's mostly the chance to see people punch each other and to see how that is going to get resolved and who's going to come out on top. That's, you know, we're very simple in that way. But um, so those two movies are coming out that are that are superhero centric. I don't know. Actually, I, I looked at the list and I didn't see it on there. So I have no clue if Craven the Hunter, which is also a Spider-Man uh, connected character with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson or Aaron Taylor. Yeah, I believe so. He's the the kid from uh, Kick Ass, and he's not. And he was also Quicksilver in the Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, Semi swole. That guy's coming out as uh, some kind of super powered, you know, uh, character from the Spider Man universe. Where in that, well, he did have powers, but he had them kind of. They were like uh, steroids, almost enhanced powers. It it wasn't like a spiritual connection to animals in the way that they're having it, having his powers work in in the movie. But I thought that movie was slated for this year, and I did not see it in the lineup. So there's potentially three superhero movies that are coming out that are Marvel adjacent or directly connected to Marvel, which is a severe drop off from the way that Marvel was doing it every single year. I think they were putting out four movies a year, uh, three to four movies a year, plus on top of that, whatever anybody else had going on that had the licensing as well, whether it was Universal or Sony or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, not a not a big showing uh, in terms of that. Uh, the one that I'm excited about is Dune 2. I really enjoyed the first Dune so I'm curious to see where they go next and, and whether they stay true to the uh, to the books, which I've heard that so far, so good for the most part. I know it's really hard to adapt uh, something that big into a single movie. Uh, it, it feels like it's, you're better off adapting those in the way that they that Apple did with uh, Isaac Asimov's foundation. Better to have... Uh, you know, seasons long, uh, I think eight, eight episode hour long shows that take the best parts and, and give you that, um, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult to be Peter Jackson and be meticulous and have the success that you can have with a Lord of the Rings. It's that lightning does not strike twice. It actually didn't happen with the Hobbit. Although I've rewatched the Hobbit the Hobbit trilogy, and I have a lot more fondness for it the second and third time around than I did when I originally saw it in the movie theaters. Um, and there's there was a lot of trouble that went on in that movie, uh, in that production. Uh, originally, Peter Jackson was not scheduled to come back and, and helm any of those movies. It was supposed to be uh, different directors. Uh, Guillermo del Toro was one of them, but things fell through 
somehow i don't know like and it was like a last minute thing and peter jackson came in and and did his thing and again i i like those movies far more now than i did when i originally saw them <clears throat> but for me the the high bar the, the the high quality standard will always be the original lord of the rings uh trilogy that was just incredible uh very difficult to to do that again to to be able to present a a dense book with a lot going on into a, a you know a trilogy where again they hit the best parts so that's that was a a, a little miracle right there um so other than that uh, the rest of the slate of things that are coming out i mean you know it is uh mileage will vary uh you know <laughs> warning for uh uh you know for the things may ap appear closer than they really are uh, uh, consumer warning whatever <laughs> it's just it looks like a rough rough year in terms of of media and that's just uh, i think across the board um i think one of the things that we're going to start feeling here pretty soon sooner than we want is also the weight of um this new go around of picking the president and and the you know people have already been campaigning for over a year now and we're about to go into a season of where all that gets ramped up to an 11 and i think i think it's going to have the opposite effect of what you know any cnn fox whoever i think it's going to have the opposite effect of what they want to happen where i think they're going to want to continue to stoke outrage and and fuel hate and instead i think it's going to fuel apathy i think people are going to well number one i think people are going to dig in their heels and they're going to get super quiet about who they're voting for and what they're thinking about and i think you're not only you're not going to convince people to switch sides or to think about things differently i think you're going to um yeah just make that even worse and shut people are going to shut their brains down and shut down their ability to think objectively and consider uh a situation from a from a bigger point of view and uh but i think that people are going to be really quiet about it i think people are definitely not going to be talking about who they're going to be voting for or what they're going to you know what decisions they're going to make and i could not even begin to tell you where i think any of this is going because it feels like it's chaos on purpose and you know honestly a lot of things feel like that right now i you know the comic book industry is in chaos the general population would never know about it because general population left com the comic book industry a long time ago so now it is a a niche thing uh that is struggling and has been struggling for a very long time and is now propped up and supported by other re uh, streams of revenue that have nothing to do with the actual books and it's a it's a miracle in of itself that uh the big two in particular continue to publish and put things out it's really turned into a 
a creator's, uh, you know, creator owned and, and creator based economy where it, you can make a lot of money in that as, uh, as, as you garner followers. But in general, people are not following, like I said, the big two, there's not an excitement and, um, what do you call it? A, uh, a hopefulness for Marvel and DC. And, you know, one bit of proof that, that comes to mind is people like Mark, uh, Mark Miller and, uh, Brian Hitch. Mark Miller is a writer. That guy has done, he, he's basically the architect for the MCU and what we got on screen. Although a lot of people don't know that the majority of the population doesn't know that it's, it's his foundation that he laid down with a alternative point of view on the Avengers called the ultimates, which is it's that version that made it into Marvel's MCU. And that is the majority of how the characters acted and what we were following in that. And sure that can be argued. That's just my point of view. But again, uh, reading a bunch of Mark Miller stuff, I just see the, uh, the DNA uh, was directly transported over to the the MCU, and so there's Mark Miller, there's Brian Hitch, who was the who is a phenomenal artist. Again, visually, another one of the architects for the MCU. If you go back and you take a look at the uh, at their particular run of the Ultimates, they did two volumes. Um, the things that happen there, the way that the drama plays out, and the the way that they express the powers of the people in in those uh, comics, very much uh, what you got to see in the MCU. And uh, people like that have left since left Marvel a long time ago, and they're doing creator-owned independent things. Mark Miller's been doing it for a long time. In fact, he sold his Mark Miller universe to Netflix. So now that guy is a multi multi-millionaire who now does everything for free because he doesn't need the money anymore. He does. Now he writes for pleasure and he will, um, handpick artists to do, uh, book runs with on any particular story that he's writing. And he makes sure that those guys get paid. And I follow the guy and I've been following him for a long time on Twitter. Um, so you know, I, I'll take him at his word, and, I'll, and he also has a podcast where uh, on YouTube where he, you know, talks to a bunch of different creators, and they talk about the process, and and it's it's him and and his artists a lot of time, and they're usually breaking down whatever event book that they just finished doing. And uh, you know, Brian Hitch has gone on to start a company with a few different people from uh, the comic book industry. None of them are slouches. Uh, Jeff Jones being one of them. Uh, Frank, uh, not Frank Quitley, uh, man, I can't remember his name right now, but excellent artist. So anyway, they, they, uh, there's a, a few artists and a few writers that have decided to get together and they've started their own thing. So, you know, Mike Mignola had already been doing it for a long time. He left the comic book industry long ago and he began Hellboy, um, Dark Horse and well, Image in particular, Image is still going pretty strong. That's a independent uh creator own based system where basically they front the money 
to get your stuff made, uh, you know, get it produced, get it put out into the into comic book stores, and after they make their money back after a certain amount, then the rest of it goes to the creator. So they've been doing that for years now, and uh, people have had great success. Todd McFarlane, another one that left the comic book industry a long time ago, started his own thing with Spawn. There's just countless examples. Now, sure, percentage-wise, there's more people that are still working for the big two than have gone to independent, 100%. But since that time, you've also seen uh, a bunch of true independent people that never worked in the comic book industry at all begin uh, uh, start their own books and and uh, garner great success like Eric July is is the first one that comes to mind uh, well Ethan Ethan van Escher did work for uh, DC comics for many 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 years but he's pretty successful with his independent book so it just you I maintain that I believe that it is it is the future is independent and I think that is across the board I think with comic books I think with movies I think with music uh you're going to start seeing more and more and more of more success and more um you know not if not millionaires close to millionaires uh coming out of all these endeavors and at some point what you will see is the the movie industry in particular they will dry up of ideas they will not have hired um good writers who you know uh, people that are coming out of whether it's ivy league schools or just you know big name schools uh they're not coming out with the skills that they need to be able to tell a comprehensive good story and a lot of independent people, again, are crafting and working their story ideas and, and their knowledge and everything out um, just through putting in the hours. And that is one thing that is proven over and over again, is that putting in the hard work, when you first start out, you might not know how to craft a story the right way. You continue to put in the, uh, you know, you continue to put in the hours, and you continue to uh, get better and better and better. Eventually, you you know exactly what you're doing because now you have the, um, uh, what's a what's a word here, the experience. Now you have the necessary experience. You've fallen enough times, and you've gotten back up enough times that now you know exactly how to do it. As opposed to people that are just coming out of school and. Uh, it, it might be more theory than than practical so i think what we're going to see is at some point you're going to you're going to have studios tv shows look over at that field and start to try to grab some independent people and bring them over and and adapt their stories and depending on where those people are if they're making a really nice living and they don't need the studios they might just say you know f off like go away or or you know if the 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 brinks truck is big enough and they're back enough enough backing up enough cash you might see a collaboration between the two but yeah i suspect 
I suspect that more and more decision-making and more and more power is going to land in the hands of the independents. And that's a good thing. I mean, that's a great thing. You're also starting to see that uh, on YouTube now for the last three, four years, where you have these people that come out and commentate on uh, you know, a variety of things when it comes to um, geek you know, uh, stuff, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's movies or TV shows or stuff that's going on with Disney or, I mean, you've got, I, I, I hate the word influencer. You don't have influencers, but you definitely have a lot of people that have inside knowledge or information, or they, you know, they're, they're almost like investigative journalists for, uh, for geek stuff. And they're getting a far bigger, uh, following than your mainstream anything. I mean, th there was a point in time where there was mainstream uh, geek shows like The Talking Dead, or I think MTV had a couple of them, where it was focused on, on geek stuff, and those guys don't get anywhere near the number that these independents do on YouTube. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that what you're being, what it feels like you're being given is the truth. So I, that's the other thing that people are gravitating towards is truth and not that person's truth. No, just, just truth, truth as far and as good, as well as those people understand it, that just because you're telling the truth doesn't mean that you can't be wrong about what you're talking about. You might be telling the truth as you understand it, and you might not have the correct amount of information. You might be missing a piece of information. So what, you, what you're saying might be lacking, uh, you know, something more of what it needs. I think that happens a lot, for example, with this podcast where I will talk about all kinds of stuff, but I'm talking out of the, uh, off the top of my head. I have no script. I have no, you know, no preparation, which I, I've been, you know, still feeling like I still need to do that and lean in and focus on that more preparation. But my point is I will bring up a creator. I will bring up uh, a, like an art team. I'll bring up uh, a movie and I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to say the wrong thing, but I'm, but I'm not trying to deceive you. I'm telling you the truth as best as I understand it based on the information and knowledge that I'm carrying around inside of my head. I think a lot of people gravitate towards that. People enjoy that. And people probably even enjoy the mistakes as well. Like, oh, that word, he used it wrong or he said that wrong, you know, whatever. The point is, is uh, people instinctively like that because they feel like they can trust that. And once you feel like you can trust something, then you pass that along to other people and it, you know, like uh, all of society is foundationally based off of trust and a handshake. Every time you step out of your house and you're going to the supermarket, you're going to go get gas, you're going to go to whatever, you expect not to be murdered. You expect not to uh, have somebody attack you. You expect, you know, things not to go wrong in, in a civil you know, uh, in the civil context, because everybody's walking around and everybody's created, everybody has a handshake that, uh, what they adopted from, from when they were little, where everybody 
taught you, hey, it's not okay to run people over. It's not okay to steal from people. It's not okay to take whatever you want. It's not okay to, you know, and um, so that, what am I trying to say with that is that people want safety and truth provides a, a certain type of safety. Once you feel like you can trust someone, uh, yeah, that, that person is going to get huge numbers. Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan is a perfect example. Right or wrong, that guy has a gigantic following, not because, you know, there's all these alpha aggressive males uh, uh, following and, and um, oh, what's the other word here? Not just following him, but, but uh, you know, like, like an, I, I can't think of the word right now, but people aren't, guys aren't just following him because they, they like what he says. They follow him because they believe that what he's saying is true insofar as he understands it. So he's not BSing you when he's giving you information. It's just that that information might be wrong. But when he's delivering it, when he's saying it, he's being sincere and he's being honest. And that's huge. I mean, that that's everything. So um, I think that is what is lacking right now in a lot of media. There is a lot of um, sleight of hand that happens with shows and movies where you're presented one thing and then you go watch it and you're given something else. I, maybe that that might be what was the most refreshing thing about Godzilla minus one is that you weren't exactly sure what you were going into. Certainly from the trailers, all you saw was, you know, typical destruction, uh, from a giant monster feature. I had no clue that I was going into a movie that would actually make me care about the, the humans would make me care about this individual person's journey that would make me terrified of Godzilla, that would make me uh, root for uh, the humans. Like, there was a lot of things that I was not expecting to happen that happened, and it was incredibly refreshing. And then on top of that, there was no time for any kind of um, things that we're distracted now in current times in society where we have it so easy that everybody has to make up all kinds of issues and problems, psychological problems, because we've got, we've got no real hardships right now. And that might sound rough, but that's a fact. We're in the best, easiest time that humanity has ever existed in terms of America and the things that are the resources and and things that are available to you to us it, it's an easy life right now it's a soft life so it was really nice to go and see a movie where the hardships and reality of war and and the the after effects of it psychologically and physically like it, it was it was refreshing to see the the what was being struggled against was multi-layered and and multi-leveled it great movie so I, it, that's why it was my number one pick for uh 2023 so i'm i'm hoping uh you know i, I mean things like etsy 
and Patreon um, are great examples of independent uh, creators doing their thing. And, you know, people are, are chasing after that sincerity. They're chasing after that truth. They're chasing after that unique thing. Um, so I've, I've got a positive outlook when it comes to that portion of the future. I don't have a positive outlook when it comes to this year's elections, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do have a positive outlook when it comes to everything else. So, um, you know, not for the big studios. I, th I think they're going to suffer this year with the decisions that they made last year with, uh, you know, the stupidity of the, of the, uh, the strikes, but Hey, it is what it is. Um, until then, sorry, uh, about this being late this morning, but thanks for listening. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Thanks for letting me rant. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, let's start this year off strong. Let's, let's work out. Let's eat right. Uh, remember, drink your water, take your vitamins, eat your vegetables. And you know what? This year I'm going to add on, uh, lift some weights. And so I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.